Aaron Rodgers. That guy is freaking good, man. Number 400 to Devontae Adams. And it comes off a 99-yard drive. That was pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, what's your takeaway? What's your guys' takeaway from that Eagles game? It was one that we all figured the Packers were going to win. It got a little interesting as the special teams looked like Oh, like Ron Zook was back there coaching it for the uh, the Packers. Special teams very questionable. Uh, I think the Packers have the Packers now. I think I saw the stat have given up two punt returns for touchdowns. Uh, according, this is the first time since 1964 that they've given up multiple punt returns for a score in a single season. Yeah, it wasn't the Not other. Good. The other one was when we were at the casino in Iowa. We were at uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh. But what's your guys' uh, initial takeaway over this win over the Philadelphia Eagles? Rowdy, we'll uh, start with you. I'll say the first, I don't know, three-ish quarters, the Packers kind of dominated. They were up 20-3, to three, and then I felt like they put on the brakes and just went through the motions in the fourth quarter and nearly let the Eagles climb back into the game. RJ, how about you? Yeah, you know, if you're ever on a sound clip saying all gas, no effing brakes, um, you better. <laughs> well, the, not the mics take your were foot just in. running, RJ. That, that's LaFleur, great. LaFleur didn't know that he was being recorded. Right. But you know that clip's out there now. <laughs> so the, you better not be putting your foot in the brakes. You start going into some just asinine conservative offense where you know you're not going to. You're actually playing just to run out the clock. That's not. All gas. That's a lot of Um, of break. The minute you let your defensive coordinator go to the prevent defense, that's not all gas. (laughs) I I mean, hell, they got the Jets out there on a Sunday with a all zero cover zero blitz when the game's on the line. Yet the Packers are in prevent. Right. (laughs) So, like, the Jets tried to lose. Yeah, but (laughs) the Jets. It's it's things like that. How do you not? I I don't understand. So you're like you're, you're you're upset you're upset over with this win, yeah, because it's nine and three. You're upset. It should have been much more of a blowout, regardless of what the special teams did. Well, there was when it got interesting. Was well, there about two two minutes, three minutes left in the fourth quarter? Uh, Packers leading twenty three to sixteen, and then this happened. I, then then we could rest a little easy. Big running way. Jones takes off into the secondary and now sprinting down the sideline. Wiggles past McLeod and he's all the way to the end zone. Not to be tonight. Aaron Jones gets it done. A 77 yarder. I will say to this though. Finish off the Eagles. It's not like they were going for that. That's not a home run ball or anything like that. That was that, just good vision. Well, go back and. If I'm remembering correctly, there's at least five missed tackles. Let's see. One, two. There's two missed tackles. Three. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling throws some block. Four. Five. Six. 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 Yeah, six missed tackles as Aaron Jones wills his way into the end zone. And it's not like they were pathetic attempts. Like, they were just... They were just like... I mean... uh, uh, yeah, they, well, the, the, I should the say first they were two, pathetic. The first two were that. actual attempts. The just other ones just like swiping uh, their arms. So I mean, yeah, you're happy with yeah. that. But I mean, that play I think the, was the, literally 
a play to just have the clock. Did the Badgers, the the two Badgers losses Friday and Saturday, jade you over this weekend, RJ? You're man, I I guess I'm living high off this this Packers victory. You guys are just in the muck. This weekend, I came to the determination of if Joe Rudolph is calling the plays, it's time for him to go because he's not even the best. Wow, offensive line coach on this well, coaching staff. We got some things to talk about, but first let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Hey, it's Fuller. Fuller, what's up, brother? I'm trying oh. to like be a beacon of hope here for the Packers. I got a fight against Nelson and RJ here. Well, hey, I, I got to come in and cure their negativity this morning. Because, Fuller, by the way, uh, it's been a while, brother. We miss you around these parts. It's nice to hear your voice on a Monday morning. Well, hey, it's, you know why? It's because you guys have been pretty positive lately. I, I, I always try to be the one to uplift you guys about the Packers. All right, well, uplift, we'll uplift these two jabronis over here. So, I want to. I, I actually am very encouraged by the defense right now. Um, they have. I mean, let's. If you think about, go back to yesterday. They gave up ten points. They gave up ten points defensively. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if you want to get mad at Sean Meninga, I, I have no problem with that. Their special teams is. Trash. I think it's Ron Zuck um, wearing a Meninga mask. <laughs> it's very possible. Uh, but I don't think they went into this prevent defense that, I mean, again, we. They, oh, they I, I wasn't talking about I was, this week. It's just been a historical thing under uh, Patton. I, I, I would normally agree with you. I just, I, this week actually made me feel like they were kind of going away from that a little bit. I think Philly got a little bit of momentum with. Hurts, I think he brings a different dynamic to him, and I'm sure they really didn't prepare that much for Hurts. Man, Wentz is terrible, dude. Uh, yeah, he's he's done. awful. He's done. Um, but for as far as the offense goes, the possession before they scored that touchdown, that then, so the possession that they punted and they got yeah. the, they scored on the punt return, I believe. They threw the ball at least two, maybe three times, and one of them was a shot that, uh, well, I know one was a, well, it was a miscommunication. I can't remember if it was Tanyan or not, but he threw it to nobody. Um, and then I want to say maybe MBS had a drop in there. Yeah, he did. Uh, so I, it, you, you catch those balls. You get a first down. I mean, those are, those are shot plays. Those are not, that's not really trying to run the clock out, that, you know, when you're – actually throwing, pushing the ball downfield. Like Nelson has something to say. Yeah, if, yeah, Fuller, if you're ever trying to come up with the name of a receiver that had a drop, just throw out MVS and it's most likely correct. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Can I, I will say this, though, guys. I will say this. Say it! Say it, every Fuller! Week, every week I feel, I feel a little bit better about their receiving core. Lazard is coming out to be a yep. true number two. He's looking good. I think I, I actually think if he can stay healthy, EQ – might be something. There might be something there. I obviously okay. You're 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 being positive today. Okay, we'll go with it. And then, uh, <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, he, we'll go with it. We're going with he, it, Fuller. He's been playing well lately. We're going with uh, it. They don't have uh, Darius Shepard on their team anymore, which makes just taking him off the roster makes you better. Immediately makes you better, no doubt. And I'm really excited <laughs> to see what Tavon Austin can do when they start getting Same. him enough snaps to so. Fuller, let me ask you, Broski. You, I think, before the season even started, you called into these uh, incredible airwaves, and you said Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP. Well, Aaron Rodgers right now is just right, just behind Patrick Mahomes. Uh, who's third, Rowdy? Then it's Big Ben. It's Big Ben, and then Russell Wilson. So you have That's BS, by the way. He should not be behind Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I was going to ask That's you this. Absolutely as, insane. As we're struggling, to, as you're saying, like maybe Equimania St. Brown 
can be a good receiver for Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes is throwing to dudes that like are all be- first ballot Hall of Famers. Did, didn't you see last night? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is like the greatest guy at getting people to jump off sides. Oh my god! Oh, and, and <laughs> those were never, actually words. We've oh, never Rutter seen god. anybody throw a ball from the side of his hip or fading away ever before. In ever. His entire career. Never. Ever. It's never happened Nobody's before. Ever done it before? Mahomes is the first to ever do it. It's sickening, boys. We're talking boys. about. Practice. We're talking about first team all <laughs> ballot Hall of Famers. Tyreek Hill runs of three two. I'm pretty sure on his forty. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is <laughs> maybe is sub three. That's pretty quick. Travis Kelsey <laughs> is, a, is like is like the tight end. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is making Robert Tanyan look like Travis Kelsey. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is making it so you're saying Mar- or that uh, Equimania St. Brown is a good receiver. Think of that. Yeah. It's- Exactly. <laughs> We're trying to justify EQ. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still feel good. Well, that's about that's how good Aaron Rodgers is because now you're it's justifying not, him. It's not Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Marquis or with Miko Hartman. Yeah. So you have Rodgers, fastest ever to 400 touchdowns, Fuller, and you have Rodgers now the only player in NFL history to have 35 more or more touchdowns in a season. Last I checked, last I checked, uh, even though Drew Locke played. Denver still doesn't have a quarterback and <laughs> still barely beat him. Yeah, exactly. Fuller, thanks for being the beacon of hope today for me, brother. Just oh, one more thing, yeah, maybe, yeah. if you don't mind. Please. Uh, I I hope uh, Paul Chris goes and hits the recruiting show pretty freaking hard on some receivers this year because, my God. Hey, would you start Jack Cohen against Iowa? I would start i probably start Brad Davison, actually. Oh, he played quarterback. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I, I think I heard that once or twice. Thanks, Fuller. Have a good one. See you, brother. All right, boys. Uh, this game for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is, in my opinion, the MVP, despite what the odds makers are saying right now, giving it to Patrick Mahomes. Couldn't you say that Aaron Rodgers is the reason why the Packers are where they are? I mean, Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP. Aaron Rodgers really his only weapon is Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers should be leading the league in the MVP. What did Patrick Mahomes do yesterday uh, compared to what Aaron Rodgers did? Aaron Rodgers put on a display, man. And Aaron Rodgers is out there setting history as, you know, he has, well, here, finished with a pass rating of 128.9. That's the 11th time in 12 games he's been over 100. He's now thrown 36 touchdowns and just four interceptions. The Packers are uh, going to claim another division title and possibly the number one seed in the NFC. Rodgers also the fastest of 400 touchdowns. How can you look at Aaron Rodgers and honestly make the case that Patrick Mahomes deserves MVP over number 12? Rowdy? Yeah, if you look at their statistics, if you go by passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions, quarterback rating, uh, just overall rating, completion percentage, it's basically splitting hairs in every single statistic. The only difference is Patrick Mahomes is on the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and has a ton more weapons around him than what Aaron Rodgers has on offense. Yes. And it's clear as day that the Kansas City Chiefs have a bunch of more weapons than what the Green Bay Packers have. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely incredible. I mean, this this second year in Matt LaFleur's system is is a thing of beauty. But like he Matt, can't, Matt LaFleur is an artist out there. He can't do the things Patrick Mahomes does. Not like, nowhere close, apparently. Like Pat, what did I see? It was Patrick Mahomes comes alive in second half with tricky passes and a touchdown. Right. Tricky. Okay. Well, we've seen Aaron Rodgers like rewrite know, the record books. How many times have you seen Patrick Mahomes draw somebody like a team offsides? 
I mean, I don't want. How many times have you seen ESPN do a piece on Patrick Mahomes of drawing people offsides? Zero. I don't think I ever have. Yeah. And they're, oh, Patrick Mahomes is doing things quarterbacks have never done before. Well, I'm like, well, you forget about this guy. Do you Rogers. remember when they had. I mean, Brett Favre was doing the stuff that Patrick Mahomes well, that, is doing. That's what I was going to say. Do you remember the interview where it was Patrick Mahomes and Brett Favre and they did, yeah. I can't remember for what network it was, but they did an interview with both of them together and they were talking about, you know, like no-look passes and sidearm throws mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And then they had a little competition where it was no-look and you had to throw it into the net. Yeah. And Brett Favre actually beat Patrick Mahomes in the competition. <laughs> yes, Brett I Favre remember that. was like yeah. 50 years old. Yeah. Yes. I rest my case. <laughs> case closed. People have done this stuff. People before. have done it, and a fifty-year-old Brett Favre was doing it better. Than Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. I mean, the other person you can throw in there, Steve Young's done it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's dude. like there's so many people who have done this stuff that Patrick Mahomes is doing now, but for some reason, we're totally negating the history of the NFL. Well, Listen, if you look at what. Even Aaron Rodgers said in interviews a few weeks ago, he talked about Matt, oh, yep. Matthew Stafford doing this for forever, and yes. no one ever really talks about him. And I know we've given Matthew Stafford a lot of love on this show, especially the last year. I like Matt Stafford. Yeah. Matt Stafford, if you just watched the Bears game just on Sunday, how many throws did he have that were no looks? How yeah. many throws did he throw where the arm angle was completely different almost every single time? Now, one led to an interception, but they still won the game. The Bears still suck. And Matthew Stafford's still an underappreciated quarterback that no one talks about because he's in Detroit. Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at uh, the two box scores here between Aaron Rodgers and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, uh, yesterday against the Denver Broncos, the Chiefs went 22-16. Mahomes is 40-25 of for one touchdown with a rating of 95.6. Aaron Rodgers, I go and look at Rodgers who is 25-34 for 295 yards, three touchdowns, with a rating of 128.9. Nine? Let's see here. Kansas City. Here's who, here is who Patrick Mahomes is throwing to. Travis Kelsey, eight times. Tariq Hill, six times. Demarcus Robinson, two times. Sammy Watkins, four times. Le'Veon Bell, two times. And then there's a couple more names on there that I could read off. Let's see who Aaron Rodgers is throwing to. Hmm. Devontae Adams, 10 times. Alan Lazard, 3 times. Robert Tunyon, 4 times. And then Mercedes Lewis, 1 time. Malik Taylor, 1 time. Equiminia St. Brown, 1 time. And then you have er, receptions, I should say, not one-time yeah. receptions. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling <laughs> was thrown to two times, no receptions. And then you throw in like... You hit him in the hands You know what twice, the big though? difference is in the guys that you listed there? There's a... If you take away Devontae Adams... There's a lot of Pro Bowls on that Kansas City side and not very many on the Packers side. And I think the majority of the Packers you listed have spent at least one season in their career on a practice squad. Okay, let's go down at Alan Lazard. <laughs> and that's not a joke. Practice squad. Alan Lazard. Robert Tunyon. Didn't even know who he really was till this year. I mean, obviously we knew who he was, but now finally you know, making it. But he was a guy that was like the third tight end on the roster yes. his first three seasons in the NFL. Yep. We'll just go we'll just go. Well, then Mercedes Lewis, who is a blocking tight end. Big Dog's the man. We all know that. And he's 36 years old and at the end of his career. I'm not going to include running backs in here. Malik Taylor. Practice squad guy. Yeah. Uh, Equiminia St. Brown. IR. IR for like two years for almost. his career. <laughs> yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. A fifth-round pick that 
yeah. is he's, meh at he, best. He's there. And yeah. then you go and look at what the Chiefs are doing. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Tariq, I mean, Sammy Watkins, Tariq Hill, Le'Veon Bell. The, the first four guys you named are four, are four former Pro Bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Patrick Mahomes is doing things we've never seen quarterbacks do before. Um, Big J's national media is so sensationalized that they find their flavor of the season, and it is Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so. Patrick Mahomes is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. He's a he's a phenomenal quarterback. But look at the weapons he's given, and then go look at what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Aaron Rodgers is already at 36 touchdowns. He is the first NFL player in history to have 35 or more touchdowns in five seasons in a row. He's now at 36 with only a guy named Devontae Adams who is anything worth talking about. Did you see his comments after the game when they – talked about his 400 touchdowns and he goes yeah now I hope for it was 400 touchdowns to 88 total career interceptions yeah he goes yeah now my goal is to get to 500 touchdowns before I get to 100 interceptions <laughs> which yeah. I, I totally can see hey, him if doing he plays that till, if he plays for what three four more years he's got the 100 touchdowns oh yeah he can yeah. definitely get yeah if he if he stays 35 if he stays 35? Like, 30, gonna, like 35 or more oh, touchdowns a year? Sorry. Like, well, he's even just going to DH? Even if he plays the next four <laughs> years, basically through his, his year 40 season, and he just averages 25 touchdowns, that's that's 100. That yeah. gets him to 500. Easy peasy. Now, it Lemon would squeezy. be pretty impressive if he goes 500 touchdowns to 100 picks. Yeah. That'd be pretty. Aaron, that'd probably be his best statistic. Yeah. Do it. I mean, I, I said this, what, last week, maybe two weeks ago, like Aaron Rodgers could have his greatest year of all time, but I still think, as long as the Chiefs keep winning, I still well, think they give it to Mahomes. They're pushing the new guard in Mahomes so hard the last year and a half. I mean, just look at what they've done with commercials. It used to be, you know, how Clay Matthews and Aaron Rodgers were on every commercial. Yeah, now yeah. it's Aaron Rodgers and uh, Patrick Mahomes in the Wisconsin commercials. Well, it's It's easy to do that, though. They have the same agent, I think. So, I mean, they're like a package deal. <laughs> well, plus, you we were talking about it with, uh, you know, telecasts where they have those little specials on Mahomes. They have them all the time on the ESPNs yep. or the NBCs or the CBSs. He's brought up pretty much every single time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And wh- what have they been pushing since he basically took over for Alex Smith? They've been pushing Patrick Mahomes. Because, yeah, he is really, really, really good. But I think uh, this season with the – the renaissance that Aaron Rodgers has had this year and with the lack of weapons, I don't get how he's not the favorite. I don't get how he doesn't get it if they continue both at this point. And pace. then look at the he's, he's old news. And then look at the offensive line too. I mean, you had what was it, Elton Jenkins starting that center now? You have yeah. a musical chairs of offensive line and they're still Rodgers still out there getting it done. And Did somebody go down in this game? Um am I, am I I might be wrong. Did Rashawn Gary ever come back in the game? I know uh, Rashawn Gary was having himself a nice little game. Yeah. Did he? I know he left on a cart. Did he ever come back? I never saw. I don't think so. I don't think he the did. The defensive either. line, just in general, you had Rashawn Gary had a sack and a half. You had Kiki Kinsley, yep. who yeah. had two. Yep. You had Raven Green come in and get a half Raven a sack. Raven Green was yeah. eating. Nom, 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 nom. And then how about uh, Savage having yet another interception? That was which, a sick interception. That was a hell of a catch. Now, obviously, it was. Thanks to the defensive line who got a hand on uh, Jalen Hurts' arm. Ball was a little inaccurate, but a hell of a catch to make the play. And how about uh, Savage having three picks in the last two games? Awesome. That's a good sign for the Packers and the Packers' defense because Savage was a big part of that defense last year, and he kind of looks like he had kind of fallen off and wasn't really producing at the same level. Well, the last two games, he's really picked it up here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The King says, at least I believe I saw him on the last defensive stand. Rashawn Gary came back. Uh, how about this? I'd be remiss if I didn't give a little love. 
Former Wisconsin linebacker TJ Edwards. He got the start on defense for the Eagles. Four tackles, one sack, and one quarterback hit. How about TJ Edwards, man? Hey, if we're talking Wisconsin linebackers, did anyone see Joe Schobert yeah. pick six with uh, Kirk yeah. Cousins? Sober, Schobert was killing it. That was a kind of a crazy game. Graham Mertz? Yeesh. What in the world is happening with Mertz mania? How how the mighty have fallen from five touchdowns against Illinois to, you know, being pretty good against Michigan to back-to-back stinkers and turnovers after turnovers. Has Mertz mania flown too close to the sun on the wings of hype? Oof. Because I don't know. Rowdy, you put up a stat. And I was like, I was thinking to myself Saturday, What's Jack Cohn doing right now? Oh, he's suited up. Oh, he's cleared the play. Oh, Mertz has turned the ball over. Can Jack Cohn play in this game? Didn't see him. Kind of wish I would have. But, Rowdy, you said you were very vocal about wanting to have uh, Cohn in the game too, weren't you? Well, I was just getting tired of seeing the turnover after turnover the last couple games. I mean, yes, we might have got a little far out over our skis here after that (laughs) Illinois game because he did look so impressive, so amazing. He threw five touchdowns. Every single pass was ex- right where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. He couldn't have played any better. And then he played Michigan. And yeah, there was a few drives to start out the game where you know it looked like, oh, there was a little bit of a regression. But I mean, could you really be as good as you were against Illinois every single game unless you were about to be like the number one overall pick in the NFL? Mm. So it made sense, but he still looked pretty good against Michigan. And he hadn't turned the football over. And then all of a sudden the floodgates open against Northwestern and Indiana. Thanks. Now, yes, the schedule, the schedule was all messed up because of games off. Yeah, Minnesota canceling. There were weird scheduling things, which makes sense. Yes, he didn't have his his top two receivers in the Northwestern game. Yes, he still had receivers that were banged up in the Indiana game. Yes, both those defenses were the best two defenses that they've seen and are both good opportunistic defenses. But there comes a time where you go six turnovers in two games. In in two games is just unacceptable. Six and, turnovers in two games. And then you look at what Jack well, five in one, six and two, RJ. And you look at what Jack Cohn had done <laughs> all of last season, where he graded out to be the third, fourth best quarterback in the Big Ten last year. He he had just four interceptions. Yeah, the whole season last year. And you look at what Graham Mertz has done. He has four interceptions in the last two games. Do you ever see an, Do you ever see a time where Jack Cohn is starting under center for the Wisconsin Badgers again? No, I don't. I don't think, I don't think so. you do either. Outside of injury, obviously, which we never wish upon anyone. Yeah, I. I okay, I let's say let's it. say Mertz trots out there against Iowa and still turns the ball over. Do you see Jack Cohn under center? I don't know in the second half. No, just I can't honestly, put the genie back in the bottle. I think they've moved on. And Man, that's tough for just Cohen. like Wisconsin sports did in the spring, they're not going to extend scholarships because that gets into a whole nother ball of whatever. Yeah. They're not going to extend scholarships to anybody next year. And if you're a senior, thank you for your four to five years you've already given us. But thank next you. year, you're going to have to Hi, find sir. somewhere else to play. Man, world's cold, isn't it, RJ? Yeah. Cold-blooded. But it would be a little bit different, though, if they did pick and choose the guys that they wanted to retain scholarships <laughs> yeah, with yeah. and like all the other lower-level guys. like Some of the guys that might be playing this year due to injury and, and COVID tracing stuff be like, yeah, well, thanks for your service in that COVID season, but uh, 
But, We're gonna uh, pull your scholarship. See, see ya. <laughs> see ya. But uh, Jack Cohn, if you want to stay on, play, yeah, feel play a little backup. Feel, uh, feel maybe free, if uh, Mertz continues to struggle, we'll keep your scholarship. All right. Looking at this, um, this defense for the Badgers has been absolutely incredible. The defense allowed just 217 yards. That's the third time in four games it's given up 219 yards or fewer this season. I saw this stat that our sports director uh, Zach Halpern put out there. That Wisconsin is the it's the second best defense ever for Wisconsin outside of 1951, 229.3. That's how many yards per game Wisconsin is giving up on defense. I think all the top five is within the 50s minus 2020, right? Yeah, they said that would be the second best mark in school history, topped only by the 1951 defense that allowed just 154.8 yards per game. Yeah. Different kind of game back then. That was the the they're saying it was eat a rock. Yeah. Um, eat a that was rock. the leather yeah. helmet era. <laughs> no, uh, by the 50s, you did have the uh, plastic shell, no face mask. What would you rather have? Yeah. The plastic shell, no face mask, or the leather helmet? Leather helmet, because people wouldn't be leading with a plastic shell at my face. You look at those plastic shells they wore back in the day, it's like, I think I could go to Walmart and find a flimsy little plastic thing that was like the equivalent of that. Yeah. Sitting I mean, on the it's, shelf. It's essentially taking like a, a plastic bowl and putting it on your head. Okay, so the defense is absolutely phenomenal. But here's another number. Zero. That's how many touchdowns Wisconsin scored in the last seven quarters of football. Yeah. What? From Illinois and Michigan to then Northwestern and Indiana. What is wrong? What has happened to this offense? Is it truly, uh, you know, games being canceled? Is it like the, I the, think the that schedule has being a lot around? to do with it, but... The predictability. Um, Northwestern is very comfortable playing Wisconsin. Very. Because Mike Hankowitz seems to know this offense. Uh, Indiana, we we saw it. Uh, Mertz started trotting to the sidelines because Indiana picked up our signals. They figured out. And you know what? That's not illegal. If you're mad about that. It's like sign stealing. uh, Yeah. I mean, baseball. It's like, oh, I figured out. Well, I was in school. Wisconsin had a guy who on game day, his job was trying to steal the signs. Sweet. Would he ever and, get it? Yeah. My oh, man. There there were games where... He's, like a, he's he, a code breaker? Yeah. He he would watch, and there there were teams where he'd start predicting all of it. Now, we'd the, the sideline would be yelling it, mm-hmm. but like Mertz said, we didn't call the play on the other side because you don't want the other team to know... You have stolen. The, you've figured out their signals. Exactly. But Indiana was sitting there calling out the plays. So I think after we saw the moving to the sideline, we saw Wisconsin's offense get better. Yeah. But then you stopped trying to advance the ball. Like where was Jalen Berger? Why was there more Jalen Berger? Right. Uh, outside of that one. Uh, one play that got called back, they really weren't stopping. Okay, Jalen Berger had that awesome run. Right. Yeah. And then they called holding, and they never showed a replay of the holding call for when Jalen Berger's run. Instead, they showed the play before where they thought there was targeting, but there wasn't because it was overturned of, of targeting on the quarterback, Jack Tuttle, for the Hoosiers, Yeah, it, which wasn't targeting. It, they obviously overchanged it. But I, I love— They never showed the holding call because there was no holding. Indiana fans trying to think they know football. <laughs> um, Hell yeah, get them, RJ. Just seriously focusing on the the dirty hits Wisconsin put on what dirty Tuttle hit? every time. It's, that's typical football plays. Yeah, like I he was holding on to the football. I'm you don't just stop and put your hands up and be like, oh, oh, 
Oh, throw does it. it then. Does he have a flag hanging off his belt I can take off uh, of him? But, yeah, that that targeting that was initially called there, I don't, you get tackled from behind into a guy who wasn't even moving in a forward manner, <laughs> puts his shoulder into your chest, yeah. and, like, Indiana fans were freaking out. And then when they were getting the rule explained to them, the response was, oh, you mad, bro? Indiana's beating you. You mad, bro? Shut up. It's like, so turn no, up. I, up. I get mad Shut up. when a fan base who clearly doesn't know the rules because you focus on basketball <laughs> rather than football <laughs> and you bandwagon hop every time uh, your team does good, which at one point in time, that was Wisconsin. Okay, not going to lie. Were you ups- this upset at the play of Graham Mertz, though, on the offense for the Badgers? No. You no. went you went two oh two with one interception. There other I, I'm more mad at the play calling itself. Right? I was disappointed. I mean in I, everything. When, the, the, when Wisconsin looked like they're just going through the motions. When they Jalen very... Berger isn't getting stopped and he seems to be the bright spot, why aren't you getting him twenty touches? I know. Why? Because his calves are skinny, RJ. His legs aren't no, big enough. I, it's absolutely because Sarcasm. this coaching staff wants to make Everybody happy. In a year... You know what's going to make me happy if I'm a player on that team? Playing the guys who should be played? If the best guys played, by the time I reach college, if I'm on scholarship and I know somebody's better than me, I'm okay with it. And when I was working for the Badgers, there were guys who were okay with it. It's like, uh, you know, I love getting the snaps, but... But this guy's better than yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, and they're not going to go out and say that, but you're not going to be upset. Yeah. Uh, and, like, just watching the offensive side of the ball and trying to get your seniors in there. I'm sorry, but if you don't deserve to play. No apologies. You're not playing. So Wisconsin football takes an L to Indiana. Very disappointing game, man. Felt like uh, the Badgers were just going through the motions besides the defense and Jalen Berger. I guess the offense felt like it was just going through the motions. Wasn't um wasn't good. Wisconsin's offense has not been good in the last seven quarters of football. Zero touchdowns. Uh, their last score came against Northwestern in the first quarter of that game. Yikes. Uh I don't know. That defense is playing just lights out another level. What is it with what is it with the offense? Is it Graham Mertz? Is it the inexperience of the freshman? Is it the play calling, I guess, of Joe Rudolph? Is it this wonky season where you're on weeks and then you're off a couple weeks and you can't get any rhythm? What is it, in your guys' opinion, that affects the Badgers and this lack of offense? Arch? I think it's a little Nelly? bit of everything. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything because you've got to take into account, we've mentioned it before with even the NFL teams like the Buffalo Bills or some of these other teams that have had their schedules really wonkily, that's a word. Word of the day, wonkily. Really changed in in such weird ways where it's never been that type of routine before or ever. So I think that has a little something to do with it. Maybe some of the play calling has a little something to do with it. Maybe the fact that two of the receivers that are their better receivers have been out for a couple of these games. Uh, Also the fact that they're not running their best running back and not consistently running it. I think that all has a little bit to do with it. But at the same time, we were comparing, and myself included, Graham Mertz to being a top two quarterback in the Big Ten after the first two three weeks of the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. is he still and, a, is he still the second and best when, quarterback? When you're comparing Graham Mertz to the likes of Justin Fields, you have to hold him accountable to the likes you would hold Justin Fields. Justin Fields had had a week off. 
due yeah. to the COVID. They've had two games canceled. He came out there for the most part and still played great. Yeah. They always rotate. Yeah, but they played Michigan State. They always rotate <laughs> running backs. They've they've been rotating running backs at Ohio State for the most part for the la- his whole career there. Yeah. Except for J- what J.K. Dobbins, but they still even ran um, whoever the backup was. I can't think. Do you of think it, a good yeah. amount? Do you think Jack Cohn would be able to navigate this offense a little better yesterday or Saturday against Indiana? I, personally, I don't know if he would navigate yeah, it better, know. but I'll tell you one thing: he wouldn't do. Turn he it would over. Turn it over at the same rate that Graham Mertz is. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Now you can get. Now you can get excited. JD and MSN, one of the biggest Badger fans I've known, have not graced these airwaves in quite some time. It is nice to hear from you, my friend. Well, dude, I've been locked in the basement uh, since. Gosh, when did we start this whole March uh, nineteen stuff? Yeah, so I'm in the basement, um, sitting at the desk. I do listen. Um, I do shake my head. Um, well, yeah, it's all about Nelson's takes. Obviously. I feel like you'd call in more then because you're not at your your desk where no, you, where I know you used to have to whisper to, to make I know calls why, JD, in. I know why he's shaking his head. He's like, man, these guys are so spot on. I, got, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's why I'm shaking my head. Well, that's it. So you, you, got, you, you hit the nail right on head. But RJ does got a point. I used to just kind of shuffle off into a meeting, uh, oh, meeting yeah. room like, like, right next to my like, cube. Hey guys, yeah, how's guys, it going? You guys are a bunch of idiots. I can't believe you said that, you dumbasses. <laughs> so, all right, JD, but, yeah. you, you are a big cone guy, and when I it comes a, to the play of Mertz, it's uh, struggling. So, t- take us through the motions of one of the biggest Badger oh. fans I know in JD and MSN. Well, I, I remember, I remember back in December nineteenth, nineteen, uh, wait, nineteen, December nineteenth <laughs> of twenty eighteen. There was this report of this four-star, top five quarter, you know, pro-style quarterback signing with the UW Badgers, and I remember the airwaves and a another uh, host that used to be on this show um, that just—it's all you heard about. All you heard about after Jack Cohn played five games, you know, you know. Uh, getting in after they finally had enough of the Hornybrook era, um, you know, just clamoring about this whole, you know, this Mertz kid's going to come in and we need to start him. And, you know, the the kid signed. He hadn't even been to school yet, but there was plenty of listeners. Screw Jack Cohn. Mertz has to start immediately. Oh, Oh, dear God, if I heard it once, I heard it a million times. And then after that All-Star game uh, on, what was it? Yeah, we threw like early five Jan- touchdowns. Early January or something like that. I mean, holy cow. I mean, you would have thought he would have been the, the next coming of Trevor Lawrence out there. <laughs> um, but then, you know, then uh, 2019, Cone comes out. You know, he has 151.8 uh, passer rating. He was in the top five of the nation for pass completion, number one in the Big Ten for pass completion. And still, even after a couple losses like the Illinois loss last year, where is Mertz? Why aren't we starting Mertz the whole off season? When is Mertz going to start? You want to know something, folks? There's a reason why Grand Mertz hasn't started, and I am going to trust uh Paul Chris over any of you chuckleheads out there that want to say otherwise <laughs> there is a reason 
Graham Mertz is going to be the future of Badger football, and I'm excited for what he can do because he has a lot of good physical attributes. Um, he makes a lot of makes a lot of plays, but to be an effective quarterback in college, and you see it in the pro game all the time, it's what it's what's between the ears. He may be able to throw the ball 80 yards down the field, but if he throws it to the uh, defender, it doesn't yeah, do bad. you a whole lot of good. That's not good. Doesn't so, JD, let me ask you: um, Would you, if if you were, you know, under helm or starting or coaching, I should say, for the Wisconsin Badgers, would you put in Jack Cohn Saturday against the Iowa Hawkeyes? Yeah, so, I'm, I'm I'm really confused on this whole um, uh, this whole. Uh, play you know you, you lose your year of eligibility sort of thing or whatever yeah uh and and i don't know if jack were to start i mean does that count against his senior year no there's Can no no there's go- no no one no doesn't nothing goes against yeah. eligibility this year yeah so i think if i think if jack is truly 100 percent healthy i think he's i think he was healthy enough to suit um and i and i think that's probably a true statement um I don't. I, I can imagine that recovering from a couple broken bones in right. your foot um, it, it, it is going to be tough. Uh, my my hope for Jack Cohen is is this: um, they, you know, they they'll just he can get a, some sort of red shirt for his senior year and, and transfer someplace and and be able to play yeah. uh, and be able to start for another team because I know for a fact that. Badger Nation would just be up in arms if he came back and started next year and lost the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I seriously enough, dude. I don't think I don't think that's fair for Jack Cohn. Um, you know, I mean, he he's God. I'm looking at his passer ratings, and out of the three years um, that uh, that he has played or had any game time. He only has one passer rating that is lowest that is lower than Stave's best. Ooh, the all-time winning is quarterback JD uh, Joel Stave, a legend. You, you know I had to throw that Stave yeah, thing in there because Nelson smiled ear to ear, so did I, because you have know, the all-time <laughs> winning. JD, it's nice to hear from you, man. Don't be a stranger, all right, brother. All right, brother. Uh, hope to see you guys uh, sometime yeah. soon. You know what hey, I'm saying. Rumor is that your eggnog that you make here's COVID nineteen. You better start making up a ton of batches, JD. Boy, if I could ship it out and, and make a ton of money off of it, I would already have a warehouse. What's it? hundred and what proof is it? It's uh, one ninety proof Woo! grain alcohol. I, I, don't, I don't care it. I don't care COVID. JD, have a good uh, Monday, brother. Could, could you um, could you imagine Charlie with a bottle of eggnog? I don't think he'd be able to call in thirty times a day. <laughs> be a couple naps. Yeah. See you, JD. Peace. Be well. See you, buddy. There he is. Four hundred touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. The fastest player to ever do it. Also, the first player in NFL history to have five straight seasons of 35 or more tutties. What a beast! Of comments from Rogers coming up. But first, let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Now we're happy. Why you got a beer? Yes, I do. <laughs> what do all right, Ice House Hams or Mountain Crest? Ice House because they're out of pans. I said, "What? Someone drink them on me." They were out of hams. Oh, hams. Yeah, well, ham for 
Charlie, so here, I'm going to toss it hold, buddy. You enjoy that beer, oh. okay? Okay, we're, yeah. We've got comments from Rogers coming oh. up here. Aaron Rogers. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I'll listen to it. Yeah, okay. I'll talk. Yeah, all right, okay. I'll toss it and hold, Charlie. Okay. All right. All right, thank God. Charlie's got his boombox rocking. Good. All right, nice to hear, Charlie. I think he's got Gilligan's Island on this TV as well. My man. All right, Rowdy. Aaron Rodgers is um, really good. I think we've known that for quite some time, right? As they're fawning over Patrick Mahomes last night, just fawning over him like, oh, like giddy little schoolgirls over Patrick Mahomes. We've never seen anything like this. Oh, Patrick. Oh, Patrick, you're so good at what you do. I've never seen anything do like that. We've seen it for like a decade from a guy named Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers against the Eagles, a pass rating of 128.9, 295 yards, three tutties. Mahomes, the flavor of the season, 318 yards. That's pretty nice, right? One touchdown for a rating of 95.6. Aaron Rodgers has now finished with a pass rating of 128.9, which just happened the 11th time in 12 games he's been over 100. But, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes, we just got to fawn over Mahomes. Mahomes has given every weapon, every anyone that's got a pulse on offense for the Chiefs is like a pro bowler. Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams. Yeah, and you could make the excuse that, oh, well, he did it against the Eagles. They have three wins this year. Yeah, well, Patrick Mahomes had just one touchdown pass against the Broncos. It's not like the Broncos are very good either. Yes, exactly. So Rodgers' 400th touchdown pass. The fastest to do it. Eat your heart out, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, or Phillip Rivers. Because those are all guys that uh, have gotten to 400. Rodgers has done it in 12 games fewer than Brees, who was the previous fastest to do it at 400. And if that wasn't a thing of beauty right here, Aaron Rodgers' 400th career touchdown came on a 99-yard drive, finishing it with Devontae Adams. Here's Rodgers on that drive and his 400th. My man. We haven't had a 99-yard drive since 2009 uh, against Cleveland, so it's fun to finish that thing off. Those are kind of back-breaking drives at times. Uh, it started with a great call by Matt and uh, you know, finished with a good touchdown. So that was an important time in the game for us. Rowdy, is there anything better than a 99-yard drive for Aaron Rodgers to cap off his 400th touchdown? I just want to say this and put it out there. Then just do it. We both said when you asked the question earlier last week, who do you think the 400th touchdown goes to? We're so smart, aren't we? What did we both say, Rowdy? We both said Devontae Adams. And which, who, and who I don't know. It? I don't. I don't Devontae. know if I want to say that we're smart for saying that, but no, we are. <laughs> from the fact that he played in nine games and had eleven touchdowns going into that game, yes, I think it was a safe, a safe guess to say Devontae Adams. Very safe. In fact, here is comments from Devontae about catching number four hundred. It's something special to to be a part of that because I caught, I believe it was two hundred, and then that was my first touchdown, so I got to keep that ball. He let me keep that one, and then uh, three hundred. I think Ty kept or gave to the to the ref, and then to be able to get four hundred, man. I mean, it's awesome. It's a lot of touchdowns to throw, so it's cool for me, but I think that he uh, he wins in the coolness department on that. Devontae Adams' first touchdown pass, catch, first touchdown catch was Aaron Rodgers' 200th, and now he has caught Aaron Rodgers' 400th. That's, wow, incredible. Devontae Adams is just, is Devontae Adams, I know there's a debate between DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. Has Devontae Adams made himself this year the clear-cut number one in the NFL as a wide receiver? No, I'm still sticking with still DeAndre? DeAndre Hopkins. But I think I think uh, from this season, Devontae Adams has clearly jumped into that top five. Because I think there are a lot of people, 
not Packer fans, but I think a lot of people around the league that had him around five, maybe six going into the season, he's clearly in the top five and, in my opinion, clearly in the top two. Uh, Devontae Adams is absolutely phenomenal. That dude rules. Uh, here's more from Devontae Adams on being the fifth wide receiver with 1,000 yards, 12 tutties in the first 10 games of a season. It's obviously I have a gift and you know I work hard and all that stuff, but I mean, I can't say it enough that football is the ultimate team sport, man. So I give it up to my teammates and, and my quarterback giving me opportunities, my coaches putting me in the right spots to make these plays, man, because without them, I couldn't I couldn't do any of it. So it's amazing, though, just to hear the, some of the names that you just said right there. It's a pretty good company to be in. All right, so Devontae Adams, seven. Seven. That's how many consecutive games Devontae Adams has had a touchdown catch in. It ties Don Hudson's franchise record, which Don did it twice. So Devontae Adams getting himself in some very, very good company. In fact, he talks on that. It's crazy. I mean, it's been a lot of a lot of good football played here over the you know hundred years that this this club has been around. So to be you know breaking or, or tying records that have been around for 60, 70 years, I mean, it's special, man. And you know, I'm just trying to play ball. I'm just trying to do whatever it takes to win these games. And you know, if the records come, it's, it's you know that's just a plus for me. That's awesome. Um, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. Now will so he good. catch his 500th touchdown pass? Okay, I'm glad you bring that up. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, who will catch Aaron Rodgers' number 500th pass? Because it is, it can happen. Aaron Rodgers, five years in a row now, 35 or more touchdowns. First player to ever do it. He can very he, yeah, foreseeable he could, get into 500 he touchdowns. He could very well get to 500 touchdowns in the next three years, which would be the length of his uh, Packers contract. Yep, and here is Rodgers talking about possibly 500 touchdown passes. Anything's possible think uh, that would be sweet. I haven't necessarily identified that as a goal. I'm just living in the moment for this year, uh, trying to enjoy it as much as possible. And hopefully I'll, you know, still be playing to have 500, but uh, we'll see. Do you think Devontae Adams will be around to catch Aaron Rodgers number 500? I wouldn't see why not. Devontae Adams, barring major injury. Lifetime pass? Will be in the NFL. Now, will that be as a Packer? I hope so, Same. but I believe his contract's up after next season. Obviously, the offense looking good with Aaron Rodgers, doing everything that he's done. Uh, more comments from Rodgers upcoming, as well as um, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. But first, let's look at uh, what Matt LeFleur was saying after the game and the defensive side of the ball. So, uh, you know, Carson Wentz and the Eagles, yeah, that offense, not really too much to uh, get excited about. When Jalen Hurts came in, though, it definitely gave the Eagles a little spark. You thought the game was out of hand, right? Packers up, what were they up, uh, like 20-3, to three, something like that? And then entering the, th- uh, the fourth, what were the Packers up before? Uh, was it 23-10? to 10? And then what happened was Jalen Rager returned that punt, right? And then all of a sudden it was like an interesting game. And Jalen Hurts was coming in making some timely throws. What was with do you the think, Packers' defense? Do you really think Jalen Hurts played that well? Uh, you gave him a spark better than Carson Wentz. Being 5 of 12 with one touchdown and a pick? I, he, didn't, he played better than Carson Wentz, Rowdy. Coming, coming in when the Packers who, were who already... Who played better, Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz? I thought they both played terrible. Yes, but who played... Agreed. But who played better of the two? Also, who gave him the spark? Also, you have to take into account the Packers were playing prevent defense at the end of the game, and Jalen Hurts just True. got to trot down the field. But also, they benched Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz had a quarterback rating of 57.4. Uh, 6 of 15 for 79 yards. Jalen Hurts comes in 5 of 12, 109 yards, one tutty, one interception, a quarterback rating of 67.7, and Jalen Hurts, what, at 29 yards uh, for five rushing. Packers were going to win this game. Did you get nervous, though, when Jalen Rager returned 
for the special teams into the end zone? Uh, just a little bit. And I know us two and RJ were talking about it earlier about did the Packers save your weekend? And, and me and RJ both said no. Yeah, you guys said no. And I, I'm steadfast on that, but I was not as upset about the defense letting the Eagles crawl back into it as RJ was. I'm just getting used to it as a Packer fan. <laughs> so therefore, when they get into the tougher games against the teams where if they do do this type of prevent defense, they could lose. Yeah. That's where I get nervous. I, I'm not I wasn't super nervous about losing the game even when they were up by just seven after Jalen Rager returned that punt. I'm more nervous that they continue to play like that in bigger games against better teams yeah, I feel when like it will actually cost them. Yeah, that um, it got a little dicey, right? And then Aaron Jones pops up for a 77-yard run. Uh, Wolf comments with that upcoming. But first, let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Who this? Hey, bud. Kyle from Stoughton. Kyle, what's up, brother? Hey, did you guys laugh as hard as I did when the frickin' punter didn't make that tackle? Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe, why is it always the punter? Looks like the softest little guy out there. Why, oh, dude, my God. Just he, lay he, some wood. My 15-year-old son, he's like, how the hell do you play tackle football and not know how to tackle? Kyle, that's the thing, right? You played football your entire life. You made it to the NFL. I think you'd be able to lay a couple of hits here and there. And then J.K. Uh, Scott looks like he's charming soft out there. Oh, my God, it was so funny. On another note, I want to go to Badger basketball. Uh, oh, man, what a stinker. Our, our bigs, they just look soft in that game, man, with the boxing out and whatnot. But Kyle, who, uh, who, is what who, it is. Kyle, who looked more soft, J.K. Scott or the Badgers big men? J.K. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Kyle, to your point, box out. If you're a basketball player, box out and get a rebound. My God. That yeah, tip man. in with .9 seconds, kill me. Is it, uh, it's Justin Davis, right? That's the freshman? Uh, for, for Marquette? Justin Lewis? No, for, for the Badgers, the, the Davis brothers. Oh, yeah, uh, Jordan and Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, the the one man, he was he was a bright spot for us on Friday night. That was that was amazing yeah. performance by him. No doubt about it. He was good. But that kid, uh, that freshman from uh, Marquette, yeah, the one that made the tip in. We got to deal with him for the next four years. He's a that beast, kid, dude. That kid's gonna be a star. He's a good player. Yeah, you feel good? Did uh, the Packers winning save you? Did it make your weekend Wisconsin sports weekend better after the Badgers lost in basketball and football? You know, it made the beer taste a little better yesterday. My man, nah, my man. I had some brandy. Tasted really good. Kyle, nice hearing from you, bro. You too, man. Have a good day. Yeah, see ya. Good stuff right there. Probably we got all kinds of Stoughton boys calling in the day. Freaking love it. 608-321-1670, Twitter Zone Madison. Uh, Aaron Jones, once that game gets a little dicey after Rager and <laughs> we were making fun of the 6 o'clock hour, J.K. Scott, um, struggling this year a little bit with his leg punting. You could have redeemed yourself a little bit by, I don't know, at least breathing heavy on him. Like, what did J.K. Scott even do? I think he like, J- ran away. The two punt returns, the Jacksonville Jaguar punt return, and now obviously the Jalen Rager Philadelphia Eagle punt return. Yeah. I think the closest for anyone on the field coming to any type of injury was J.K. Scott rolling ankles as he had tried to break down to tackle both of the guys. And both times he looked like a baby giraffe. And like his knees were buckling, and he nearly fell down on both of them. Hey, what was I'm he actually doing? surprised he didn't fall over on both both of them. Here, here we're, we're just gonna play it, recap, uh, uh, see if we can they make any mention of J.K. Some Scott. Now it right side, oh no, that's the wrong one. My my apologies, that's the wrong one. That's that was the one touchdown pass. All right, so well, I'll find that J.K. Scott one. It's just just awful. All right, so Rowdy Aaron Jones 
uncorks a 77-yard run to seal the game. It's like, okay, now I can breathe easy. Uh, here's more from head coach Matt LaFleur on Aaron Jones' performance. It's always great to see when you see a guy like David Bakhtiari or a guy like MVS out there in front straining for their brother on that play. Aaron Jones, a fantastic back. He did a lot of great things, but it's so great to see those guys battling for one another. And that was obviously a key play in the game, but also just that's what I love about our football team is guys playing for one another. Next-gen stats. David Bakhtiari was out there blocking for Aaron Jones, like way down field, you know, just running with him. I Believe it or not, Next Gen Stats says max speed for David Bakhtiari sprinting down the field with Aaron Jones. Bach, agent 69, reached 16.75 miles per hour. His max speed when chasing alongside of Aaron Jones blocking for him. Big boy can big boy can move, Rowdy. Yeah, that's a big guy going really fast. Big boy can move. 16.75 miles per hour. Wow. Uh Aaron Jones crushing it. Here is uh and actually, that was the longest of his career, that 77-yarder. We ran a similar play uh, the play before, and I felt like I was close to breaking it. Somebody just got a hand on me. And uh, a rock called a similar play in the huddle. And um, if I seen a little crease, I'd be able to break it in. On that run, I, I have to give credit to my teammates. Without them, I wouldn't have been able to finish that run with uh, Lazard, uh, MVS, and Bobby finishing downfield. Yeah, uh, more from Jones. He says why he was able to hit the home run. You kind of get a feel for what they've been doing all game, and we actually ran that into a pressure, so it, it worked out perfect uh, and opened up the cutback. And uh, Billy actually alerted me. Um, I heard him down on the line making a, a call, and that alerted me that they were bringing pressure that way, and I was there's going to be one less person backside. Yeah, Aaron Jones was uh, that was fun to watch, man. Aaron Jones is uh, a cool cat. Did you see him after game wearing his his, his uh, Macho Man Randy Savage sunglasses and his giant Green Bay Packers sombrero? Nothing cooler other than Aaron Jones. All right, Rowdy. So Aaron Rodgers. It was nice to see Aaron Jones have a big game. Yeah, like he, it's been a while, I feel like. Yeah, for the last few games, the Packers, I feel like, have gotten a little bit away from the run game. And when they've had success, like Aaron Jones was still running in those few games for a good you know, per carry average, yeah. but they weren't really necessarily running the football 20 times a game with the running backs. I mean, this time they got 25 carries, but uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones only combined for 20 carries. Yeah, Aaron That's Jones. quite a, a different contrast than what it was early in the season. Those guys were going for 30-plus carries every game. Yeah, Aaron Jones rushed for 130 yards. It was his first 100-yard game since week two. Uh, he's now up to 754 yards. That's 5.2 yards per carry on the season. Um, yeah, he's pretty good. Well, give credit to that offensive line, too, because Elton Jenkins made his first career start at center to replace Corey Lindsley. And then, I mean, it's been a musical chair, uh, chairs for that offensive line. And they've been looking, they've been looking pretty good, man. Uh, what's, the, what's your biggest concern over the game, though, uh, on Sunday? Besides the defense, you know, just kind of putting the brakes on a little bit in the late third, early fourth. I will, I'm not going to specify one side of the football. I just think the whole team in general putting the brakes on in the – basically in the late third quarter, sec, uh, fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I'll, I'll say that much. Just, I mean, in, just in general, that's not a great thing to see, especially the games don't matter now. They pretty much have the division locked up. Most likely how it's trending, they'll have a chance to get the number one seed in the NFC, but it'll probably sit in that two seed. Yeah, they're the two seed right now, yeah. It's just frustrating because I hope we don't see that same type of effort when they do reach the playoffs in a tougher, tighter game. Yeah, I don't think there's a clear-cut number one out of the NFC, but my God, you can make the case the Packers are it. 
Uh, we'll keep talking more about it. Yeah. Real quick, you would mention that offensive line and how everyone's been filling in when they do have injuries and looking good. It's nice when John Runyon gets the start and you don't really hear about him whatsoever, <laughs> which means he's playing well. Yeah. And it came to mind when you said that about the offensive line, which guys have really stood out as not being serviceable when they've had to fill in. And the only game that I can think of where an offensive line personnel didn't really play well at all was when they had to move Ricky Wagner over to left tackle because Bakhtiari left the game with the injury. Yeah. And he got, obviously he got massacred as a left tackle, but we know he's not a left tackle. He's a, exactly. he's a backup right tackle. And other than that, no complaints from the offensive line at all. We welcome in the brightest ray of sh- sunshine in my dark and dreary life. Our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Good morning, Zach. Morning. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing good. Um, Zach, so let's rip one Band-Aid off. We'll uh, start with Friday night when the Wisconsin Badger basketball team went to uh, Milwaukee to take on Marquette at the Pfizer Forum. And Wisconsin loses in a .9 second tipped in miss free throw, sixty-seven to sixty-five. Um, I guess we'll start with the bad. Uh, I'm looking at the article you wrote here at MadCitySports.com. You said the little things. If you don't do the little things right, you're going to have a bad time. Can you talk about what the little things were that the Badgers did wrong against Marquette? I'd say all of them. I mean, <laughs> all all the little things, right? They did they take care of the ball. No, no, they didn't do a very good job with that. They Marquette had 13 points off their turnovers. Did they uh, rebound? Did mm. they keep them off the glass? No, no, didn't do that. Um, and uh, did they keep them off the foul line? No, nope. they didn't, do, they didn't that. do that. They didn't really even and, box out. They can't even box out. And when the the littlest of the little things, boxing out on free throws that you gave up, didn't do that. So yeah, it was all the little things that. They just didn't do well. I mean, they, and yet they still had a chance to win at the end, despite playing about as poorly as you can possibly play, shoot as poorly as you, not as poor as you possibly can from three, but pretty close. Um, and yet they still had a chance to win. I, I think that says that they are a still a very good team. It's just they don't their their margin for error isn't as big as perhaps more talented teams in this one. Well, but, what's Marquette? Is Marquette a good team, or is Marquette, or did Wisconsin play down to Marquette's level? Oh, I think it's clear that they played down Marquette's level. I, I think that's Marquette has a lot of talented individual pieces. Um, Lewis certainly being among the best. I mean, as a true freshman, came off the bench and had what sixteen points and yeah, he's good. eight or nine rebounds. Yeah, I mean, he was he was he was the reason Marquette won, literally. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think they're they're a solid team. Wisconsin's a better team than they are. They just didn't play that way on Friday night. Yeah, so w- should we be concerned moving forward with the Wisconsin Badgers with this uh, performance that they put out there? I mean, it was their first road game. It's early on in the season. Is this something that we should be concerned about moving forward when it gets to the physicality of the Big Ten play? Well, I think Greg Gard is concerned about their ability to to not foul, which is kind of surprising because they really did a good job with that last year. But he uh, he actually pointed to it earlier prior to them playing any games saying, we think that's going to be an issue, and it turned up to be an issue. Turned out to be an issue, I should say. And um, when you have Michael Potter and, and Nate Reavers sitting for that much time in the first half, after they've you know started out pretty well, especially Micah, you're going to run into issues that they have. But I think that probably be the biggest the biggest one. Like they they are not a high turnover team that that really hasn't been them, especially with as much 
you know, veteran players that they have. Rebounding, I yeah. think, is certainly an issue as well, despite as big as they can play. But uh, I would probably say that the fouls and the fouling because, you know, it's it's discipline and it's also the ability to stay in front of guys. And, you know, that that is uh, certainly always been a concern, you would say, with this team. Yeah, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Now, I know Dimitri Trice had some turnovers, um, you know, wasn't really good because he hadn't really done much of that, you know, leading up to this game. But Demetrius mm-hmm. Trice looked pretty damn good on offense. I mean, he's the reason why the, he kept the Badgers in, right? The go-ahead jumper with... Um, Gosh, like six seconds left to put him up. Demetri Trice looked pretty good, but how about the freshman? Uh, and can you speak on more of the play of the freshman and Johnny Davis? He was great, especially in the first half when they when he had to play a ton and, and they weren't getting scoring from a lot of the other places outside of Demetri. Um, you know, he, he it just felt like he didn't get rattled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in in these early games uh, against a Marquette team that you know. A lot of a lot of these guys are familiar players with each other because they play AEU a lot, and um, you know he just didn't seem overwhelmed. Whereas you know some freshmen might be. He just he played like he had been there for a few years, and they they, they needed that. Um, he has been him and Ben Carlson have been really you know steady his first four games, but um, you know where Carlson was kind of out of it there on Friday night, Johnny Davis stepped up and was huge. Yeah, big time. Zach Halpern joining us right now. Zach, um, you know, moving forward, I want to talk about the Louisville on Wednesday, if that's still happening. What did you know? But uh, first, there was, I noticed there was some, it seemed to be off in the final couple minutes with the, I don't know if it was the television broadcast with the clock, with 0.9 seconds left, it seemed like the clock stopped as, you know, Demetri Trice took that foul, which, hey, boneheaded play but was there discrepancy with the clock or was it just the television broadcast was off from the actual clock of the game i think the broadcast was off with, okay because the, there the was conspiracy I mean, conspiracies coming there's, out yeah there's, there's no way that there was 0.9 seconds left if, if you see where the tv copy was compared to you know where he where uh, uh carton was when he i mean they they, they called the file at 0.9 seconds and on TV copy, he's still, you know, above the key. Like he's or he's still, you know, up by the three point line. Yeah. So that that's there. There has to be something, and you would think Wisconsin would have a serious issue if uh, if they if it wasn't messed up within the arena. But um, I, I think they probably would, you know, would have asked them to look at it if they had thought that. But the thing about that play is, if if Demetri just keeps on rolling with him, he doesn't even get a shot off. No, I know. Like, I, like you know what I mean? Like there's I, there's not enough time for him to get a shot off. So. That uh, that's probably the most disappointing aspect of that. But yeah, the the clock had a lot of people upset afterwards. So but. you're saying I shouldn't believe everything I see on the internet when it comes to conspiracies? No. Okay. Damn. Well. Uh, damn. Okay. Well, Zach. Yeah. Uh, I'll save it for Friday for conspiracy theory. Friday. Hey, uh, Nelson. Nelson, you either. <laughs> Zach. Zach, I opened our sports director joining us Truth right now. Truth will come to light. God. All right, so, Zach, uh, let's move forward a little bit. Wednesday, uh, there's supposed to be the Big Ten ACC Challenge when Wisconsin welcomes in Louisville to the Kohl Center, but there is a uh, COVID-19 outbreak with Louisville. Uh, is the game still a go for Wednesday? Have you heard anything? I know Guard was talking that they haven't heard much, but that was Friday night. Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything. I, I looked yesterday to see what was going on with Louisville. I haven't seen have an update. I suspect we'll get one today. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was an outbreak, but they just. I think they had at least one positive, and so they shut things down. I don't know if they'll be able to get those things going again. But um, yeah, what more will be you know, the, just, the waiting process. We'll just have to. It see. is. Yeah, I mean, Greg Gard, I'm sure we'll be talking today at some point. But yeah, that. Uh, 
that's hey, it's what we're going to be dealing with pretty much all all year, but especially in the non-conference yeah. where you know testing is not at the same level as it is going to be in the Big Ten. Sure. Uh, speaking of Big Ten, uh, let's move towards the Wisconsin Badger football team because Friday night stunk. And then Saturday really stunk as the Wisconsin Badgers host Indiana and they lose 14 to 6. Mm-hmm. Zach, should we be start uh, starting to be concerned about the play of Graham Mertz? I think you should be concerned about the play of the offense. Yeah. That's there's that that's certainly when is the last time they've been scored a touchdown? Uh, a little, a little trivia the last touchdown they scored was uh, against no, Northwestern no, in the first no, no. quarter. Last time they did not score a touchdown in a game before Saturday. Uh, the Saturday before when P.J. Fleck canceled for Minnesota. <laughs> no, what is, what is it? What's the answer? Iowa in 2015. Wow. That's the last time they haven't, they haven't scored a touchdown in a game. Do you know the last time? Like, so, they, and then, so they've had 13 points the last two games combined, right? Yeah. Last time they did that, that few points, 1991. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to be concerned about the offense. You have to be concerned about... Uh, so what Graham is it? Mertz. Is it just missing Danny Davis? I mean, because he missed the second straight game, and you know, what, what, Crumholtz was out. Um, yeah, I think Pryor was back. Yeah, no. yeah, no, Danny Davis makes makes a huge difference. Indiana's defense is good, um, but I, yeah, I mean, there, there were missed passes, there were drop passes, there were um, perhaps not using Jalen Berger enough uh, on the offense. Unless it's just the biggest coincidence ever, he has had 15 carries, 15 carries, 15 carries. There must be some kind of a carry limit with him, otherwise, or it's just the biggest coincidence ever. Because, um, well, three I've times never, in a row, just 15 is pretty is yeah. pretty non coincidental. I feel like that's like you're, they're I limiting his carries. I would agree. And what is why? There's are they no doing such that? thing as coincidences, Zach. Uh, why is why are they limiting his carries? I think that is they don't uh, want to hurt the feelings of Nakia Watson and and Who cares. Uh, yes, exactly. skinny calves. That's like, what, that's what I heard. What was that the second week of the season? What did he? What did? What did you skinny say? Calves, Nelson. Yeah, no. that wasn't that. Some of the people are saying his lower half, his lower half, isn't enough built to enough. carry it twenty times. That's that was what some people think, were saying. Uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I. Was he ready for that big of a, uh, a load? Who knows? But that, that must be a part of it because, you know, you don't limit a guy who's averaging close to six yards a carry to just 15 carries. So, yeah, I, yeah there's a lot that goes into it. There's, there's no doubt. And, you know, losing and missing Danny Davis is, is a big part of it. You didn't have Kendrick for the entire game. Um, you know, they're just they, – I think if we're being fair about it, they just don't have a ton of playmakers at wide receiver. Yeah. And outside of Jake Ferguson, they don't really have any playmakers at tight end right now. They have a lot of young guys at both positions, but neither none of them, none of them have really stood uh, stood out outside of, you know, Chim Ray DK at wide receiver. So or and Jalen Berger. So, you know, you would think that you would want to feature those two guys a little bit more, but yeah, I mean it it just wasn't pretty. No, it was and, it was ugly. Yeah, no, it was. And then you can also include the fact that Indiana was stealing their signals so that so Graham Mertz had to run to the side. That's why Graham Mertz was yeah. running to the sideline nonstop. Doing, doing gasters the entire game, going back and forth to the sideline, going back to the huddle. You know, it was the entire thing, and it, it was just a mess all around. It was as pathetic offensively as they've been. The thing is, they moved the ball. I mean, they they had over three hundred yards. They had, I think, close to hundred yards more than Indiana. They just couldn't put the ball in the end zone when they were in the red zone, and 
that was the difference in the game. Now, Zach Halpern, the sports director, joining us right now. Zach, I think it's insane that uh, Wisconsin's not able to capitalize, especially after their defense allowed just 217 yards the third time in four games. It's given up 2019 yards or 219 yards or fewer this season. Uh, can you speak on how really just good this defense is and who's really been standing out for them? I would say it's as good as it's uh, as good in the three four era. I don't know. I think this may be the best one. Me and uh, Jesse Temple talked about that on the camp this week. Is is it the best defense of the twenty or the three four era, which started in twenty thirteen? I think you could probably put it up there. I think twenty seventeen uh, is in the running. But they they stop the run. They get after the quarterback. I mean, he was pressured on. I think it was sixty six percent of his dropbacks. Um, uh, Jack Tuttle was. He made some good throws. Uh, he made throws that. Graham Mertz was unable to make, um, and so that's why they got beat. But they are—they're uh, stopping the run at a historic rate. They're, st- they're giving up yards at a historic rate in terms of you know fewest yards. And I think it starts with the linebackers and Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel. They've been all over the field, and it helps that you have a veteran defensive line in front of them keeping blockers off. But they've been great. Um, it's unfortunate because they've been clearly good enough to win these last two games. Definitely. Uh, Zach, no, Jalen Berger, I was I, I forgot to ask this, I just remembered. Jalen Berger, when he when he like uh, went for his huge run, what was that, in the third quarter, fourth quarter, mm-hmm. he went for his big run, and then they called it back for holding. They never on the broadcast went back to show if there was holding. Did you see anything on that play, if there was holding or not? Because uh, yeah, in the broadcast, was- all they did was went back to Jack Tuttle on the non-targeting call. That, that They're like, oh, look at this hit again. Yeah. Uh, there was holding, but the stupid thing about it was Jalen Berger was 10 yards past the line of scrimmage when the holding happened. Oh, my God. Like, Josh Seltzner tackled, like, essentially just pulled, pulled the guy down to the ground with him. It, didn't make, it was just so unnecessary. Um, the play was 10 yards down the field by, by the time that uh, the hold happened. And, you know, I, I don't know if necessarily they're, they're supposed to be calling those type of plays if the you know if the uh, if it's away from the play or yeah. if the play is downfield I don't know um, I know some refs don't but they did there and that was huge that would have given him over that would have given him in, uh, over 100 yards on the day the first time of his career and it would have jump started the offense but you know the didn't. zebras man the friggin zebras man all right so moving forward Zach Graham Mertz has had a lot of turnovers the past two games. Uh, do you think, as Wisconsin travels to Iowa to close out the regular season this Saturday for that Heartland Trophy, could we be seeing Jack Cohn under center at all, or is this still the Graham Mertz show? It's a good question. I think that Paul Chris is probably going to be asked today when he talks. Um, I don't know if he'll give you an answer. Probably yeah, not. Feel free to use that one, okay? Yeah. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to have the opportunity <laughs> to answer that question. And I appreciate um, you uh, using that opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think he'll. I don't think he's going to start. I think that there's a chance that he plays, um, and and maybe he deserves a shot, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if Graham has struggled like he has the last two games, and he struggles against uh, Iowa again, then maybe uh, Jack does get a chance. But I don't really know what, how much difference it would make. You know what I mean? It's not like all of a sudden he's going to have weapons all over the field. Like we forget that Jack Cohn played with the best running back in college football last year. He played with a guy at Qu- in Quintez Cephas that may, has made all the difference on offense in 2017 and 2019, and we're seeing the offense without him in 2018 and 2020. It's, uh, it's significant. So I don't even know how big of an impact it would have. But, you know, if Graham struggles, sure. Nelly, yeah, what did you say about this? Nelly brought up Jack Cohn and his stats with turnovers. He never oh, had I, just, I just was saying last year he threw just four picks the entire season, and – 
Graham Mertz threw wasn't four it, in the last two games. Yeah, wasn't it five? Didn't he have didn't he have eighteen and five? Well, Graham Mertz has bested it in two games. That's I think. Yeah, no, I mean he has. I mean he hasn't. Uh, he has not played well. Um, Man. These last two games, Mertz mania was running so wild after that Illinois game, and then you know into Michigan. Do you think it's do you think it's part to do with the, you know Minnesota canceling and Wisconsin having to cancel some games? Do you think that has some to do with it? Why there's just kind of just this this herky offense? Yeah, I think the lack of continuity and the lack of structure and the lack of knowing exactly what the schedule is going to be has has thrown everybody off. Like it's not just Wisconsin; everyone's been thrown off by it, but. A lot of teams have been able to overcome it, and Wisconsin hasn't, at least these last two weeks. Zach, before I, I let you go, and I thank you for your service here uh, on this segment, how good is Aaron Rodgers? Very good. We'll leave it at that, brother. Thanks for joining Zach, us, Zach. Zach, Zach, Zach. Just remember, there's no such thing as coincidences. Okay. All right. <laughs> See you, Zach. Thank See you, buddy. Later. There's our sports director, Zach Heilprin.